Hi everyone, I'm Rebecca Shamba, leadership expert, author, speaker, founder of Women in Leadership and Learning, one of the first coaching and development programs for women in the United States. I also wrote a book titled, It's Not a Glass Ceiling, It's a Sticky Floor, authored by McGraw-Hill, which provides practical techniques and tools for women to truly lean into their leadership and reach their best potential. The Women Rise podcast features exclusive interviews with some of the world's most inspiring business leaders, influencers, entrepreneurs, and visionaries from all walks of life. And today I am joined by one of those great and purposeful leaders, a colleague of mine, Kimber Matarazzo, who is the chairperson of the board of C200. And what's important here, if you're not aware of C200, it's a powerful community of some of the most successful women in business, representing companies with more than 1.4 1.4 trillion in combined revenue and employing more than 2.5 million people. The C200 serves as a purposeful forum to advance women on boards and women in executive leadership. And knowing Kimber personally, I know she is very passionate of being that ally and a support and opening those doors for so many women. And I am so excited to have this opportunity to have Kimber join us today on the show. And to talk more about C200, uh, particularly because I think we are at this critical inflection point for women in business. While there continues to be the lag of women in senior leadership and executive roles, organizations such as C200 is a way to really amplify so many outstanding women executives and create a support system that they need as well. I personally had a chance to meet Kimber as we serve on a a mutual board, Women Business Collaborative, which really helps to accelerate and activate women on boards, women in the executive suite, uh, women in private equity, and so much more. So we share that purpose and have been honored to have her be a part of my community as well. So Kim, we're so thrilled to have you here. Thank you for joining us. Well, thank you, Rebecca. I'm very excited to be here. Such an exciting show. Well, thank you. And um, I know all the listeners will really value and tune into this conversation. And so why don't we get started? Um, You know, I know you've been very involved in the as the chairperson for C200. And it's such an important mission right now. And it has always been. Um, But maybe you could tell us a little more about C200. um, And, you know, its overall mission. Um, and also tell us a little bit more. I understand you put a strategy in place uh, for how to plan and more of a profound impact on the advancement of women in business. So can you expand that a little bit more for us? Sure. C200 is a membership organization that consists of uh, female CEOs, and really it's a community, a peer community. And it started many, many years ago, almost 40 years ago. Next year is our 40th anniversary. And it started for women to say, if we could at least find 200 women in the United States that were running P&Ls and operating businesses um, to really give back to other women. Um, And now our our organization is about close to 600 members. It is an invitation only. But what's so important about C200 is we have a very strong purpose and our purpose is really to give back to other women. So... We spend, um, you know, we, we take donations. We spend a lot of effort and time really working on how we advance women in business leadership. 
We've um, developed many programs for women in different stages, even going at the MBA level and offering scholarships. So it's something that because C200, these women have gotten to a certain point in their CEO career, their operating roles have said, you know what, I'm kind of beyond, I'm thankful for where where I've become and I'm beyond this CEO role. What can I do to support women as they grow up the ladder and really help them get there? That, that is so beautiful. And I would imagine that these women, wonderful women CEOs, are getting just as much back from that what they're putting, putting out there. I guess, what are you most excited about? What have, how, what have you sort of um, noticed in the time that you've been the chairperson and maybe some progress that, you, that you've made or noticed experiences that these women CEOs are having? I'm sure it's wonderful for them because, you know, it is lonely at the top. So it's nice that there's a, there's a sort of an intimate, I guess, somewhat intimate form where they can really come together and, and be their own advisors. But what's excited about with the C200? Well, well, the first thing is, is a very strong peer community, which is, is kind of what you're leading towards. Very, very strong peer community. So we work to work with each other to help advance each other. And secondly, one of the, some of the things that I've noticed during my time and really have put, to, put in place is how do we develop a collaborations with other organizations to really advance C200? One of the, you know, one of the, being a single organization alone is not easy in, in a mission to really drive women forward. So we, I have spent a lot of my time working with the business collaborative, Women's Business Collaborative, 45 other organizations, and, and in many different areas. One is in member recruitment. So we're looking for CEOs that um, would love to be a part of C200. So that's the first thing and part of our C200 community. The second is, where do we find women in that pipeline? So there's different levels of pipelines. C200 is a um, entrepreneur and and corporate organization. We're about 50-50, which is really unique. Again, it allows us to get that mix of different type of executive and different industry executive. So we have partnered with other organizations to find more entrepreneurs, to find more corporates, and then also find them in that pipeline. So are they just starting their P&L roles? Are they in line for a C-suite role? Are they running a $5 million, are they an entrepreneur with a $5 million business and want to grow it to a $50 million business? So we put together programs to really help these women and advance them. That's terrific. You know, I, I was speaking yesterday at, at a conference just on one of these aspects, elements of executive leadership is the P&L responsibility. And over 70 some percent of women, Kimber, uh, are not aware of or don't have the information or guidance to know how to get to that P&L role, right? And so one of the recommendations I always make and we work with companies is to examine why women are opting out of the P&L roles or why they're not getting those. And so it sounds like, you know, you've got a wealth of knowledge and experience to push out to these women who are aspiring to get into these roles. Is, is that right? Absolutely. So we've, we've created programs. So we have programs that these women can work with our members directly. So it's one-on-one mentorship, one-on-one sponsorship, and specific to their industry. So we have something called See Ahead, which is where we take corporate executives. There are probably two or three seats from the... Um, from the CEO level or a P&L role. And we tie them up to a member and they work together on, on really educating them and teaching them on what they need to know specific to their industry 
on P&L, on advancement, on leadership, organizational structure. So that's our corporate program. The other one we have is something called the Protégé Program, where we take women entrepreneurs who have businesses who are, are around five to $10 million and advance them and work with them on how to build a business plan to get their business up to 20 million. And those are just two programs. And we're also working on another one for pipeline development, which is how do we actually get women into and teach them PL roles? It's a passion of mine because when I was an executive, I was a vice president and there was an opportunity for a PL role running a division. And I said, I want to run that division. And the first thing they said was, you don't know how to run a PL. I was running a $500 million budget, but it was not a PL. So that is where you get that point of inflection where you're like, well, I'm in charge of a lot of money. <laughs> I'm managing a lot of money, but what is the difference from the PL? And I was fortunate that I was given a mentor within the company to teach me how to do the PL and spent about a year doing that. And then I advanced into the general manager and was running a bit over a billion dollar PL. I can imagine you share that story a lot, right? Because it's, we have to ask for it, right? Otherwise, people just assume that it's working for us, right? So I think you, that voice that you had in speaking up and knowing enough to say that you knew it was actually, actually, I'm sure a life-changing moment for you in your career. Um, you know, let's, let's talk about, you know, thank you, by the way, for that influence that you're providing in the community for so many women. I think another area where, uh, you know, today we can really create a space for more influences at the board level. And yes, we need to get more women in boards, but I think even when you are a board member, I think that's where organizations or boards can really influence to get more women into the pipeline, right? To build more of those inclusive environments um, uh, and to really require organizations. First, do the audit. Where are you? Why are we not getting more women into the slate, you know, into the early career to the executive level? Why aren't we getting more women in the PL positions? I think so. the board can play an instrumental role. But the more that we get more women or diversity on the board, the more opportunities we're going to have to put focus on that, right? Uh, and so the million-dollar question is, um, while we've seen a slight increase of women on boards, I'm happy to say it's increasing more, but, but what needs, in your mind, needs to happen to increase the participation of women on boards? It's going to take everybody who's on the board to request more women on the board, right? So that's the first thing. I also think access to women is not available for women on boards. Um, as I had told you, C200 is 50% entrepreneur private companies. And I can't tell you how many of those women who are running, you know, over $100 million um, businesses don't even have a board. So that's the first thing is how do we set up these private companies with boards and get more women on those boards and more experience in board work and then move those on to, you know, even corporate boards. I think that companies need to be open to the opportunities of finding women in many different places they wouldn't traditionally look for them. That diversity of opinion is important, right? Women are consumers. Um, they're out there. It's important that they bring in that influence into the board and bring in, in that expertise into the board. Absolutely. And then hence, they research says that's where you get the greater return on that investment and higher performance and such. So when we get to um, and your experience, I'm sure you've had a great journey. And I understand that, you know, you have cultivated some guidance and tips for women executives. You've 
shared some of that for your personal story, um, but can you share some of those with us today? Sure. I mean, one of the things, I just want to add one more thing to the women on boards. You know, I'm in, I've been in the beauty business for over 25 years and it's shocking to me, beauty products, which are 95% purchased by women, even 98% purchased by women. Most of the company, most of the CEOs are men and most of the boards are men. So even in a, in a um, consumer product that is so female driven, there's still so many men present in the industry. So I think there's so much room for industries that are targeting for women products where they really need to take a stance and say, we need women to be in these positions. So I think I just wanted to add that in there because it's still, that's, it's that's still really important. Yeah, it's still important. So some key things that I think um, when we talk about leaderships and, and, and how you develop them and, and really looking for women in an organization. One of the things, you know, I've, I've been in many size organizations. There's always someone there thinking as a right-hand person. And when I look at it, you know, and I consult with these companies, I say, there shouldn't just be one person that you're looking for that would be the next person in line for that P&L role. It should be really equal opportunity within the company. They should be looking across that um, leadership roles and everybody in the leadership role should have access and education to P&Ls. They should be reviewing that every month or every, you know, time that every quarter. So, you know, it's kind of these five principles that I like to, to live by. So one is, you know, provide those opportunities, create a learning culture. I think part of um, not, of, of people not advancing is just not learning, right? They're too busy working and they're not learning new ideas. The other thing is instill belief in the people who are there. I think, like you had said, you have to ask for it. So um, if you don't ask for a, a different role or, or being elevated in your role, you're not going to get it because there's two other people that will ask. Um, I think also it's important in a company to have an individual advocate or for several advocates within the company, because when it comes time to advance in your career, it's not just you. They don't want to hear just your voice. They're going to go ask others and cross-functionally, what do you think of Kimber? And you need that support within the organization. And then lastly, the thing that's most important to me that I wish I had learned early, early on in my career is the power of a peer community and really understanding um, women's leadership organizations. If I had done that in my 20s and really had time and, and, and even made it an important role, I think my advancement would have gone much quicker and accelerated if I had those other women supporting me. Well, I, I think you're, I think we all, I, I too can share that, join you in that conversation. I wish I would have tapped into that. I always felt getting the work done first was more important than the peer support and relationships. But you'll learn very quickly at the power of that collective, right? One more question for you, kind of a personal story. It's, I understand when you were a senior executive for Proactive, um, you had a young male who was an up and coming professional um, shadow you for the day. And he accompanied you to a meeting with the company's CEO. Um, he asked if, if uh, he could shadow the CEO. Um, what does that experience teach you about how women can better change, take charge of their careers? It, you know, it was a fascinating experience to me because here I thought, I, you know, here I'm the general manager, the highest level, you know, next to the CEO. And the minute he saw the CEO, I was like, who's that? And he wanted to go shadow the CEO. It was like, I don't want to spend time with you. I want to spend time with him. And I think that 
women need to own their, their roles, right? They need to own it. And one of the things I said to him is, you know, look what you're saying with me. You know, there's two different positions here. You see a CEO who, and he was our global CEO. It was when, when I worked at Nestle, he was reporting directly to Nestle in Switzerland. And he was placed in our office here in California. And um, it, one of the things that I really um, nurtured in that um, time was how do we do this together? Like he's so enamored with the male CEO. Um, how can we how can we make him understand that that is not the highest level in this organization? So it was really interesting and a time that, like I said, women have to own their positions and they have to show what they're leading and not at all feel like anything's taken away from them. And especially with young and up and coming men, it's our job to educate them and train them and let them know women can be in those roles. So important is really teach them and foster that notion of that inclusive sort of a leadership mindset, right? And to not differentiate men from women and put them in boxes, right? But, but I think honing in on it, women need to sort of own their power. But they need to first believe that they have it and power in a good way, right? That you are leading an organization, you have impact, right? And you're making a difference and could make a difference for him in a positive way, right? So um, that's a really good lesson. Um, first is to believe it and then to really hold that power within. Otherwise, we leave people the option of not believing in you. So um, Kimber, I want to thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for your all you do um, for the C200, all you do for women and leadership and executives and women on boards. It's really making a difference and we wish you all the best in the days to come. Well, thank you so much, Rebecca. It was a lovely time. And thank you for listeners for joining the Women Podcast Show. I hope you will join other Women Rise podcasts where we feature exclusive interviews with some of the most inspiring leaders, executives, influencers, entrepreneurs, and visionaries from all walks of life. I hope you will join the Women Rise podcast. You can subscribe now. Invite your friends. We'd love to have them join by going to Spotify, Apple Podcast, and Google Podcast. Let's continue the conversation. Love to connect with you on social media by using hashtag Women Rise. Or you can find me on Becky Shambaugh on Instagram or Becky Shambaugh on Twitter. You can also visit our website to learn more at shambaughleadership.com backslash women rise. Thank you, everyone. We look forward to having you be a part of the Women Rise community.